Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. One of those phrases they use in those easy way to success, how to write a hit movie courses, is the hero's journey. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean some guy single-handedly taking on the bad guys, saving the girl, and then riding off into the sunset. At least, I don't take it to mean that. What it means is simply, whose movie is this? Who are we rooting for? Who do we care what happens to them? And more often than not these days, it's either a kid starting out or someone old ending up. Uh, Could I leave a message for Queenie Hennessy? Tell her Harold Fry is on his way. I'll keep walking and she must keep living. Harold! I'm walking a long way, but I haven't quite got the hang of it yet. The kid movie is a tale as old as time, of course, whether she's Belle in Beauty and the Beast or he's Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. They start out with nothing and end up with everything. True love, that great job, the cheers of the whole town, whatever. Since the invention of the kiss, there have been five kisses that were rated the most passionate, the most pure. This one left them all behind. Actually, the most satisfactory hero's journey ending, oddly, is getting back where you started. After all those wild adventures in Wonderland and the mountains of Mordor, back to the future, right back to Homer's Odyssey, it seems there's no place like home, Toto. And I'm not going to leave here ever, ever again, because I love you all. And, oh, Annie M, there's no place like home. The hero and heroine in all these stories are us, I suppose, or at least our better selves. Us with a bit of extra charm and a more interesting life. But in fact, often the real movie hero is whoever's telling the story. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg made their careers telling the stories they wanted to hear, featuring taller, slimmer, cooler versions of themselves. Jones! Let her go. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? What got me thinking about heroes' journeys this week was the latest comic book extravaganza, DC Comics' The Flash. Now, DC is the accident-prone rival of the far more successful Marvel Comics, despite starting off with rather more bankable assets. After all, think of comics and the names Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman are the first names to come to mind, all DC characters. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Well, the reason DC regularly drops the ball is because there's no consistent vision behind all their movies. For instance, how many Batman are there out there in wildly divergent films like The Batman, The Joker, The Suicide Squad, The Justice League and the rest? None of them seem to have anything to do with each other apart from an unnecessarily high body count. (laughs) 
what are your superpowers again? I'm rich. Well, prime culprit Zack Snyder's gone now, but at first glance, The Flash seemed to embrace the same Irish stew multiverse approach that wins the hardcore comic book fans while putting off everyone else. And yet The Flash has an ace in the hole. It's got a hero and a journey that are both endearingly familiar. Anything you do could have serious repercussions on future events. Now he's got to make his mother and father fall in love. I haven't even been born yet. And only Dr. Brown can help him get back to the future. It's the only time travel franchise that truly worked, though its creators reportedly nearly had a nervous breakdown getting it to come out. Back to the future. And the Flash's Barry Allen is Marty McFly in all but name. If I can't undo what I did... If I can't get back, there might not be a future. Many million dollars downstream of The Flash comes the latest elderly love the second time around tale. It's called My Sailor, My Love, and despite the best efforts of a talented cast, it has all the box office promise of a Swedish script relocated to Ireland with a Finnish director and a Belgian producer. This is the last great love song. I said, will you marry me? <laughs> and nothing would make me happier. A little unfocused, in other words. Unlike an equally small-scale American movie made by one of my favourite filmmakers, the great Nicole Holofcener. You never have to ask who Nicole's films are about. They're about her, her and her friends. Mark isn't always great, OK? I mean, as an actor, it kind of depends on the role. Why are you whispering? Is he hiding under the couch? I'm just saying he's not always good, you know? And I think that's kind of the same thing. I first fell in love with Nicole with a film called Lovely and Amazing, with a dream cast including Brenda Blethyn and Emily Mortimer and Catherine Keener as her daughters. It was like Woody Allen, relocated to Los Angeles, turned into a woman and without all the neuroses. You think I'm an idiot? I think you're lovely and amazing. Hey, you guys, this is Cindy, my agent. Hi, nice to meet you. I didn't know you had two sisters. I told you a million times. You did? Yeah. Courtney! Nicole kept doing it again. Friends with Money, Please Give and Enough Said, featuring Julia Louis-Dreyfus and James Gandolfini in his last role, before she got sick of trying to raise money from people who didn't get it. Nicole Holofcener jumped ship and went to television, where they loved her. But she made a semi-comeback in movies, writing the last act of the Ridley Scott-Matt Damon movie, The Last Duel. One of us has lied. Let us let God decide. You do not believe me. I am risking my life for you. You are risking my life so you can save your pride. It was the best part of the movie, needless to say, and while The Last Duel performed disappointingly at the box office, it clearly encouraged Nicole to get back up on that horse. The new film is called, with typical Holofcener directness, You Hurt My Feelings, once again starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Well, let me read it. It's OK. You don't read. Am I in it? No. 
But first, the fourth or fifth banana in DC Comics' Justice League gets his own solo outing, The Flash. Oh, my God! Flash! Hi. I love you. Thank you. Crashing you into Mr. Wayne. No, please don't. Um... I need you here now, Barry. I faintly remember The Flash from my childhood, and even back then I could tell there wasn't much to it. I mean, running ridiculously fast is, let's face it, a pretty B-minus skill. One minute he's here, then he's there. That's it. But for some reason, The Flash proved to have legs, so to speak, so his writers had to come up with something to do with him. And they finally settled on, thank you, Albert Einstein, time travel. Tell me something. You can go anywhere. Another timeline. Another universe. The speed of light equals time travel, apparently, and when Barry Allen is already a geeky, neurotic kid whose problems all stem from the death of his mother, you can see why time travel might appeal. So why do you want to stay and fight to save this one? Because this is the world where my mom lives. I'm not going to lose her again. He confers with his partner in crime-fighting, another chap with dead parent issues, billionaire Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, a.k.a. in this iteration, Ben Affleck. Bruce's advice, as always in comic books, is don't tamper. The old butterfly effect, remember? One tiny change in your past and who knows what might happen. If you were to go into the past... You have no idea what the consequences can be. Bruce, I could fix things. You could also destroy everything. But Barry won't be told. He flashes back. He sees Mum and Dad and also Barry Mark II. Now, this version is a lovable idiot, Barry. Time to set him straight. Oh, This is mad trippy. Dude, this is catastrophic. It soon becomes clear that Barry One may have avoided the death of his mother and subsequent arrest of his father, but there's now a whole lot of other changes going on. I completely broke the universe. If you went back and changed the past, this world must die. That's General Zod from a previous Superman movie. Yep, we're going meta, baby, so hold on tight. And the only person who can help Barry now is his old buddy Bruce Wayne. Except Bruce has gone through a few changes himself. Oh. You're... You are... Yeah. I'm Batman. Well, that's the sound of the geekosphere losing its mind. It's only Michael freaking Keaton, the original Batman from Tim Burton's 1989 version. In this dimension, timeline, whatever you want to call it, Batman's pretty much given up crime-fighting. But all it takes is two rival flashes, one supervillain from a completely different movie, and the possibility of a catch-up with Superman himself to get him back in the Batmobile. Interesting group. Want some help? Wait, he's Batman? You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. 
But which Superman, we wonder? Will we go back to the late Christopher Reeve or the even later George Reeves from the rickety 50s TV series? These days, AI can seemingly do anything. But it turns out to be neither of the above. In this timeline, meet Supergirl, Kara. It's not Clark. My name is Kara. I, I'm well, Barry. We're Barry. Now, I'm on record for being multiverse unfriendly, whether it's the latest Spider-Man hodgepodge, the aptly named Multiverse of Madness, or even Oscar-winning video game mashups like Everything Everywhere All at Once. Too much stuff, not enough real people, to put my objections in a nutshell. I have to undo what I did. These scars we have make us who we are. I'm about to go back and fix them. But The Flash manages to pull a surprising number of rabbits out of the hat. Star Ezra Miller was decidedly creepy in both We Need to Talk About Kevin and Fantastic Beasts. And since then, Ezra has not only fallen foul of just about everyone, but has gone non-binary too. But of course, the pronoun they works well here, with Ezra playing two distinct Barrys, often simultaneously and rather well. No matter what we do, we're not going to be able to fix this. No! Nobody dies! Aside from the two Ezras, the two Bruce Waynes, Michael Keaton with a twinkle in the eye, Ben Affleck without one, are pretty good too, particularly Keaton. And for the first three quarters or so, The Flash works better than it should, probably because it's got another movie blazing the trail. Territory. It's essentially a jazzed-up reboot of Back to the Future, with Barry and Batman filling in for Marty McFly and Doc, trying to save the future by putting Barry's mum and dad on the right path. Well, aside from plot details, the main influence is on the tone. Family comedy meets drama and just a hint of romance at the end. Plus, countless popular culture references, including several in-jokes about Back to the Future itself. A guy called Superman who can stop Zod. Yeah, yeah. And flies, shoots lasers out of his eyes. Yes, he flies and he shoots lasers out of his eyes, yes. No one said Superman. That might be a little on the nose. You call yourself Batman. Yeah, I don't call myself Super Batman. At the end, the film yields to the fans and bombards us with more subplots and gags than anyone could ever need before finally getting back to Kansas. Don't worry about it. Maybe the new CEO of DC Movies can sort it out. All I can say is that if you're going to have a stupid time travel movie set in an infinite multiverse starring at least one person you don't like very much, this is a pretty good one. Barry, what are you doing? Our kids are going to want to see this. Stalwart Scottish actor James Cosmo is a striking presence on the screen, usually playing grim warrior types in everything from Highlander and Braveheart to Troy and Game of Thrones. He was one of the few actors who wasn't dwarfed by the enormous ice wall. But he's not your first call for a romantic lead, which he sort of is in My Sailor, My Love. 
Dad? There you are. If you're having a hard time managing, Dad, we could get someone in. A housekeeper. I say is sort of romantic lead, which, if you look at the blueprint, is clearly what retired sea captain Howard is meant to be. He's the one who's given up on life, who meets cute, who finds love and so on. But the story opens and closes on his daughter Grace, played by Irish actor Catherine Walker. I'm stretched to breaking point as it is. I have my father to worry about. I have this useless bloody therapy I go to week after week. Grace is married, an overworked nurse who still has to look after her difficult father. He takes a lot of looking after. He just sits around while his house goes to rack and ruin. So Grace decides to get in help. Just to warn you, my father can be a little bit tricky. How much is she paying you? 400. I'll give you five. If you never darken my door again. She brings in the quietly capable Annie, who cooks, cleans, does everything right for Howard and is treated with contempt, out of sheer cussedness, it seems. But if Howard expects Annie to stand up to him, he's wrong. She just quits on the spot. And then, well, this is the meat cute I was talking about, Howard discovers that Annie, out of her own pocket, has taken his old captain's suit to be dry-cleaned. I, I was just looking for Annie. I am nobody's fool. I just came to apologise to ask you to come back. Howard feels instantly guilty, buys a bunch of flowers and makes it up with Annie. And it seems that's all it takes. Now, I have no objection to the pair initially not hitting it off and then somehow getting together. Hollywood was built on this plot. But I do think a little more work could have gone into it than this. <laughs> there we are. You and Howard are friends, right? That's right. But you work for him. Can I tell you a secret? I'm actually quite enjoying myself. But now daughter Grace starts to suffer because after all the years she put in looking after her ungrateful dad, he's turned not just to the lovely Annie, another Irish actress, Brid Brennan, but to her entire lovable family. Poor Grace. So he didn't tell you I was coming? I forgot. Oh, you forgot. What's your secret? I suppose I just take him as I find him. And much as we'd like this to be a simple hallmark tale of Howard and Annie finding love late in life, James Cosmo is rather good as the sailor home from the sea, there are suddenly unnerving skeletons in his closet and more disasters on the horizon for poor Grace. Dear Annie, can't you see what's happening here? Dad? His whole life has been about making sure that all of his needs were met. Grace! Dad, did feel like a stranger. The director and writers of My Sailor, My Love are Scandinavian Finnish, which possibly explains the shifts in tone, an equal blend of romance with bleak tragedy, so tightly woven they can't be separated. Bangles <laughs> <laughs> and all sorts of little foofy bits going on. They're not your girls, Dad. I'm your girl. We do see how constricted Howard feels by the demands of his daughter and how, while she thinks she's trying to help, everything she does only makes him kick his heels in. But we can also see that Howard is far nicer to his new made-up family than he's been to Grace in years. He may tell you he loves you, Annie, but there's only one person he cares about. Jesus, Mum, I'm sick of this. To be constantly punished for caring for others. 
That's enough! My sailor, my love, has set itself an almost impossible task. On the one hand, we want Howard and Annie to find love at the end of their lives, but we also wanted to see how much Grace has given up for him and for Grace herself to be able to move on, maybe. Sadly, in life and in Irish Scandinavian movies, you can't have everything. And much as I wanted to like Howard and Annie, I found myself firmly in Team Grace. Whether you believe her sort of happy ending is probably a test of which side of the fence you're on. If you care in any way, I need you to leave. What we have here is not going to happen again. Do you? He doesn't always know what's best for him. Nicole Holofsener's new film is an object lesson in what to do with not much money and a very clear idea of the story you want to tell. This is the Holofsener-verse, people of roughly Nicole's age living in blue state America. It's New York this time, but it could just as easily be Los Angeles or any middle-class city. What kind of story were you thinking about, Hal? Something in a prison. Oh, all right. And uh, what about... A prison interests you. Jail? For sure. Julia Louis-Dreyfus plays Beth, who teaches writing, but who really sees herself as a successful author. Certainly her first book, The Memoir, was pretty successful, though she's having difficulty getting her new novel off the ground. Her husband, Don, the Crown's Tobias Menzies, is nothing if not encouraging. Happy anniversary. We're so lucky. Yeah. So, Elliot tells me you're a writer. In your last one, it should have done better. There's lots of new voices. Refugees, cancer, murder, abuse. I'm an old voice. You're the best voice. The trouble is, Beth's troubles were really first world ones. As she tells her mother, she didn't suffer enough as a child. Her mother just thinks her agent wasn't working hard enough. Maybe if Dad hadn't just been verbally abusive, it would have been a bestseller. Don't say that. Your memoir is great. Your new book is great. Meanwhile, Don is running out of great things to say about the book since he has to read every draft Beth gives him. His own career, he's a therapist, isn't exactly going swimmingly either. His clients are starting to complain that he's not offering quick enough fixes. The only reason she makes me a salad is because she wants me to lose weight, which is passive-aggressive. No, I want you to be healthy. Doesn't can, matter. Can you shut and up and keep talking? Don, you want to intervene here? We can do this at home. Maybe Milani looks tired. Is he any good as a therapist, he wonders? Who says he is, apart from his family, of course? Perhaps he needs a new line of work or cosmetic surgery. I'm aging. What are you, nuts? Can you get Botox? Well... I just get a little bit right here. You know, I can still move my eyebrows. Watch, watch. So expressive. <laughs> and that's the Hall of Santa touch. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is brilliantly hilarious, as always. Her sister Sarah, Michaela Watkins, a younger, happier version of Nicole Hall of Santa's usual muse, Catherine Keener, is going through her own career crisis. She's an interior designer with difficult clients. Everyone in this film seems to have difficult clients. One day, the sisters sneak up on their husbands in the middle of a conversation. Never a good idea. <gasps> Look. Come on, we'll go sneak up on him. Can you say anything? No, I can't. It feels too late. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to throw up. Right, right, right. Right here? No, I don't think I can. I can't. 
Hence the title, You Hurt My Feelings, is all about how we answer those everyday unanswerable questions. Do you like my book? Do I look fat in this? Am I really any good at my job? Do you want the truth or do you want a comforting white lie? That's all there is to the storyline and it turns out that it's all you need if you like the characters. If I did say that, you took it out of context. Are you going to gaslight me now? been lying to me this whole time. I wasn't lying. I was encouraging. That's not true. You were lying to be encouraging. I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Tobias Menzies anyway, and newcomers Michaela Watkins and Adrian Mouyed as Sarah's actor husband Mark are perfect too. An actor is one of those jobs where you'd think rejection and hurt feelings are par for the course, but no amount of rebuffs get you used to it apparently. But sometimes you think he's good? Yeah, definitely. So the times when you don't think he's good, what do you say to him? That he's good. Well, what if he found out that you were lying? He'd croak. You Hurt My Feelings is the sort of piece Jane Austen might write if she were American and living in New York rather than Bath. It's what they used to call a comedy of manners back in the days when people actually had manners. It's a delight watching characters this good, played by actors perfectly attuned to them. What a prick, too, you know? That he doesn't think that I could take it. Like, that alone is so insulting. Beth, he loves you, even if he doesn't like your book. I just need his approval. Of all people. We may want people to tell us the truth, but only if that truth praises us to the skies. The truth will set you free, which is... True, if by free you mean without a friend in the world. Watching Beth caught out when her son complains that all his life she's been raising his expectations, her reaction is priceless. Mom, you're always expecting the best from me. You're welcome. I need to do something meaningful. What you do is, is kind of meaningful. To who? No one. What Nicole Holofcener trades in is wit, humanity and, in the end, common decency at a time when all three seem to be a drug on the market. She makes films about a small, specific community, like Jane Austen did, I suppose, but somehow she makes us part of it. This whole world is falling apart and this is what's consuming you? Well, you're not helping. I love you. Oh, OK, well, then never mind. I love it a bit, needless to say, and even minor Holofcener like You Hurt My Feelings is still an hour and a half spent in demi-paradise. She really is my hero. And on that reminder that heroes' journeys take all sorts of forms, it's time to go. I'm Simon Morris and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 